Now and then, we refer to our conscience. You don't hear much about conscience these days, but the Word of God talks about the conscience from time to time. And it's a fact that we ought to come to grips with, that we have conscience built into each one of us. What is this conscience of which the scriptures speak? And should I, as the proverb, not the biblical proverb, but the non-biblical proverb says, let my conscience be my guide? Let's think about these questions for a few moments. What is a conscience? Well, in Romans 2, verse 15, we have as good a description of what the conscience does and what it's like, what it's all about, as I think we have anywhere. Paul says, speaking of the law written in the hearts of the unbelievers, he says, their conscience bearing witness as their thoughts alternately accuse or else defend them. Paul is talking about the conscience as a certain kind of capability that we have within us to make judgments about ourselves. That's what the conscience is. It's not some kind of a little black box inside of us that uh, uh, has some kind of uh, power to uh, lead us and guide us in the ways that we should go, uh, somehow or other sending forth signals to our minds telling us what we should do or not do. But it is the capacity for self-judgment that God has given to us to make judgments about our own thoughts and about our own feelings and about our own attitudes. You know, the animal doesn't have that kind of ability to make self-judgments, but we do. God has made us moral creatures. And the conscience is that ability, that capability for looking at ourselves and analyzing at ourselves and judging ourselves. The conscience is like the red light on the dashboard. For example, if you're driving down the street uh, on a moonless night uh, at midnight and suddenly on your dashboard a, uh, a red light flashes out, hot, and uh, you say, my, that's annoying, that, that light, it keeps flashing at me, hot, 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 and you go on, and this thing keep, keeps irritating you and bothering you and flashing at you, hot, 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 and so finally you reach over to the glove compartment, and you take out a hammer, and you go, smash, and you put it out of business, and you say, ah, oh, I feel so much better, I got rid of that annoying red flash, well, about, uh, Two miles down the road, your motor melts. You see, it wasn't a good idea to put that red light out of business. Why not? Because that red light was built into the car as a warning signal. That's what your conscience is in many respects. It becomes a thermometer, a sort of recording device to tell you when it's too hot, when things are going wrong. It's a red light that flashes out and says, uh-uh, something's wrong. You'd better pay attention. You'd better look at it. When you begin to feel guilty, when you begin to feel uh, the bad feelings that come from making a, a judgment about yourself that you are guilty, then you better start taking heed. What is it that's wrong in my life? Anybody bothered by his conscience has guilt over something that needs to be dealt with. And you see, uh, that's exactly the point. 
a lot of people today would try to get rid of the conscience. They like to get rid of the feelings that the conscience triggers, the bad feelings of depression or, or uh, anxiety or uneasiness. Uh, and so they take pills in order to dull those feelings. That's like smashing the red light on the dashboard. Or they go uh, have shock treatments, as many people do today, in order to smash that red light. Or some, perhaps, who don't want to uh, spend the money for the pills or the shock treatments, just go out and get bashed. They take home brew, uh, and uh, so they get drunk. But whatever the method may be, whatever you, whenever you try to put your conscience out of business, you're making a drastic mistake. Because your conscience is not what's wrong. Your conscience is your friend. Your conscience is that red light, that warning device that keeps you from destroying your car. What ought you to do when that car registers hot? Well, of course, you ought to pull it over immediately to the side of the road and turn the motor off and go to the back of the car and lift up the hood. You have a Volkswagen, of course. And uh, as you look in that hood, you find out that uh, your fan belt has broken. And so you're in trouble because of that. Well, then you fix the fan belt, the red light goes out, there's no more annoyance, and your motor has been saved. That's the logical, sensible, sane purpose for it. That's why the manufacturer built the red light into the car in the first place. Why do you think God put the conscience in you in the first place? Do you think he put it there for you to smash with pills? Do you think he put it there for you to zap electricity through your brain so that you could rattle your, your brain cells in such a way that you'd no longer be able to uh, even remember what it was that you were guilty about? No, God put that conscience in you in order to save you the agony and the trouble that would come here and hereafter from the failure to live as you should. When you don't think as you should and when you don't live as you should, your conscience will operate. Now, of course, if you keep smashing it with a hammer and smashing it with a hammer and smashing it with a hammer, it is possible to change the figure, as the Bible puts it, to sear your conscience as with a hot iron. I'll tell you, if you take some flesh and you put a hot iron against that flesh, that flesh no longer has much sensitivity to anything. You have seared it. That is, you've killed the nerve endings so that they don't register as they once did. And it's possible, of course, to sear a conscience so that it no longer speaks against you when it should. It's possible to smash the red light and to destroy your motor more readily uh, as a result. The conscience does not have, you see then, a, a negative function in our lives. It has a very positive warning function. But the conscience can't be our guide. Our guide is the Word of God, and our conscience must be informed by the Word of God. A conscience can be a weak conscience that is not informed properly by the Word of God. Or we can have a bad conscience that simply does not, uh, uh, has not been uh, dealt with because we have not dealt with the problems in our lives. Or we can have a good conscience which gives us rest and peace. The Bible speaks about all three kinds of consciences. That is what your conscience is all about. And so the next time your conscience begins to work on you, because remember, your conscience is this ability that you have to make a self-judgment. And after having made the self-judgment, this conscience pronounces uh, you guilty. And then it triggers all sorts of unpleasant feelings in your body 
so that you begin to recognize that something is wrong. Don't try to stop those feelings. Don't try to put an end to the conscience and its function. But instead, thank God for that conscience and go to work under the hood. See what's wrong in your life. See what you've been thinking wrong or planning wrong. Maybe it's not something you've done yet. It's something you're thinking of doing. Or maybe it's something that you have done that you haven't dealt with yet before God and others. But whatever it is, thank God for your conscience and heed it whenever it speaks to you. Lord, we are truly thankful that you have built this severe and serious and important warning device into us. May we not uh, disregard it, but may we pay strict attention to it and deal with our lives according to your word, for Christ's sake. Amen.